1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome to the season finale of season three. Holy fucking shit, you guys. I can't believe I even just said that. We are flying solo today as I send you off before our post-season break and we are doing an episode that has been highly requested from my FMLers, and that's all things toxic. So sit back, grab a fucking cocktail or the bottle, because this is toxic fucking people. Welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19, can you believe us, Jeff? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. <laughs> Good book. Have you gotten chapter six? <sighs> He did what? But have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And
0: this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she
2: didn't. Y'all, I cannot even process the fact that we are closing out season three right now. Like this is episode 75 of FML Talk. What the actual fuck? If you would have told me that this is where we were going to be when I started this show... I would not have believed you. And for this season finale, I wanted to get one more solo episode into this season so you will not be finding it on YouTube because I am in my comfy ass clothes on my office couch. And after we released the last solo episode, Red Flags and Fuckboys, where I was kind of doing more of the mini bonus episode vibes that you guys hear if you're part of the Patreon subscription, um, everybody DM'd me and was like, yes, more of this. So (laughs) you asked for it. Here the fuck I am in all my glory. So we are going to dive into an episode today that people have been requesting for quite some time now, um, and that is toxic fucking people and how to cut them out of your life so we're gonna go through all the things how to identify toxic people the different types of toxic people as far as like if it's in a relationship if it's in a friendship it's in a family member what the fuck do you do um i'm going to give you all of my knowledge and you know not that Not that I know everything, because I sure fucking don't, but from all of my experiences trying to weed out some of the toxicity in my life, because it is something that we all fucking deal with. So to kick this episode off, I am going to read an excerpt from the Fuck Off I'm Healing journal, which is the self-love journal that came out a couple months ago. Um, You guys have been... Consistently selling me out in them. I cannot keep them in stock. Um, But if you haven't grabbed one, they come signed on the website, or you can also grab them on Amazon. The DMs that I've been getting from people that are working through shit in their life and have stuff coming up for them while they're working in these journals has been so incredibly awesome. Like the stories that I've been hearing are just really freaking cool. I'm so proud of you guys for taking a deep dive into owning up and taking responsibility for your shit and really being like, okay, I'm ready to work through and let some of that shit go that's not serving me. So if you haven't grabbed one, you can get them on eatprayfml.com or on Amazon. So this is from the section of toxicity. So many times I've been asked How do I know if I'm in a toxic relationship? First of all, if you have to ask the question, there's a good chance you are. And if you ever find yourself Googling the terms narcissist or gaslighting, it's probably time to reevaluate things. But I know all too well that when you're in such a dynamic, oftentimes with a pair of annoying-ass love goggles on, it's nearly impossible to see what all your loved ones are screaming at you about. This doesn't just go for romantic relationships either. Any relationship can be toxic. With family members, friends, co-workers. The trick? To recognize it. That I can help you with. The answer? To choose you and walk away. That, my friend, is all you. Okay, who's triggered? Anybody? Raise of of hands, show of hands. Who's triggered? I know. Um, I'm with you. Here we go. So the first thing you need to do is be able to recognize the signs of a toxic relationship. What elements are existing in a relationship that you're dealing with and are they fucking toxic? So let me give you some pencils out. Are we ready? Here we go. We're taking notes, everyone. Control. Ding, ding, ding. If they're trying to control you. And this isn't just in romantic relationships this can be in any type of relationship dynamic friendships work environments like anything family obviously control if they're trying to control you and be overbearing with that control um speaking of overbearing overbearing opinions um the really opinionated people that are like, "Mm, I just think your hair looks better. Oh, you know, I think you look slimmer if you wear this. Or, you know, maybe you should think about doing something, you know, a different career. All of that, that's fucking toxic. Um, If you have good friends, there's a way to voice your opinion without A, putting someone down, B, making someone feel like shit, and C, overstepping a fucking boundary um so overbearing unwarranted opinions another another sign another red flag blowing in the wind uh bad communication guys i've said it so many times communication is so fucking important not only in you know a partnership or like romantic relationship but in any relationship that you are in, if you can't communicate with the person and sit down and have an open and honest conversation with them and not have it turn into some blow up fucking explosion, that's a bad sign. Um, I've had lots of friendships where I have been like, okay, I need to sit down and talk to this person. And we all know I've done, I've been in and out of therapy since I was six years old, guys. Like if I'm going into a situation and I'm like, I need to, you know, sit down and really like, convey my thoughts clearly and not trigger them and speak very softly and make sure you know like i i can talk with the best of them so if there's someone that can't sit down and have a conversation and hear my feelings and not turn it in either a fight or make it about them or cause a big fucking ruckus that's a fucking problem God, I'm really dropping a lot of F-bombs in here. I'm tired, guys, and it's, you know, you said you wanted episodes like the minis, so I am unfiltered and moving on. Uh, resentment, and this is, you know, mm, oh, resentment. <laughs> that one hits a nerve because I've had, had that in a couple of relationships. Um, resentment and being unsupportive or jealousy. So this can show up in different ways. If it's a romantic relationship, is it that they're resenting you for making more money? Um, is it that they're resenting you for going after your dreams? Is it that they're resenting you doing better than them at something? Like what? where is the resentment coming from? In a friendship, is it jealousy? A friend that's not able to support you because she's she or he or she is bitter and jealous about things that are going on or ways that you're succeeding or things that are happening in your life. Um, by the way, I'm not only talking about personal experience. I sound like I have people in mind for all of this, and I'm I'm not. Um, well, for some, but not for all. <laughs> um, and it's really when someone can't support another person in any capacity of the friendship whether you're best friends or acquaintances or you know you follow them on fucking instagram there is enough success and space in this world for everyone to succeed so there never needs never needs there needs to never (laughs) oh gabrielle there needs to never be oh i don't want to support this person because of xyz um there's nobody has time for that if you are the person that's doing that it's time to turn around point the finger at yourself and like really reevaluate some shit because you should be able to be happy and send love to all the people that are out there succeeding because that's what's going to create your own success Okay, sorry, we went off on a little like creating manifesting tangent there, but back to the toxic traits. Um, Disrespect. I feel like this should be an obvious one, but for some reason, when we get in, especially into those romantic relationships, we often will push that aside and create excuses or reasons behind them. Um, We're going to get into that later, but disrespect. Disrespect. I mean, bottom line, are you being disrespected in the relationship, in the friendship, in the work environment, in the family dynamic? Are you being disrespected? If that answer is yes, then that is a big fucking problem and it leads to the toxic behavior. Not respecting boundaries. Um, this is a huge one and there's a couple parts to it and we're going to get into We'll break down this one a little bit later in the episode as well, but not respecting boundaries. So if you have set a boundary and the person clearly crosses it or even tests it in a way, um, that's a fucking problem. That's a red flag like Danger will Robinson warning signs flashing behind my fucking head. Okay, um, the boundaries when you clearly communicate them and clearly set them. If someone crosses that, that is a big fucking problem. Are they always needing something from you? This is this is a big one, especially in friendships. Um, are, do you feel like you're being taken advantage of? Are they always needing something from you? It's okay to be in a relationship dynamic where they do request things and need things from you but they're also doing things for you in return um i i am a prime example of that like i i have people that come to me and they're like oh can you send you know my demo reel to your manager or guys if you're actors and you're listening to this please don't dm me and ask me to do that these are like friends that i'm talking about um or would you mind passing along my info to this person um i'm Always like super ready to do stuff for people in my life like that. Um, but not to a point where I feel taken advantage of, that you have to be really clear on where that line is. So if you're doing these things for people, you should then in return feel comfortable being like, hey, I would love if you could help me out with this issue I'm having. And if they give pushback on that, it's like, well, okay, but. I've been doing stuff for you. So are you not willing to reciprocate that? So if they're always needing something from you and there's not an equal receiving and giving of energy exchange, that's a problem. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess Not taking accountability. Uh yeah. Um, that's a big one. And I think that's like one of maybe my biggest I don't know if pet peeve is the right word, but not taking accountability for shit is it just fucking irks me. It irks my soul, you guys. Um and I I've had it with friends, I've had it with like men in relationships, and I think it's such an important thing that we as humans need to do and be very self-aware of. Um, So check in with yourself just on a general side note and make sure that when you're getting into situations that you're not being the asshole that's like gaslighting someone or being like, okay, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Um, Take accountability for your shit. And if someone's feelings are hurt, and they're conveying that to you, whether you feel like you did anything wrong or not, something happened to make them feel hurt. So take accountability for that. Um, really, you know, be be a good person, I feel like is just the bottom line. Um, but I think this is a big one. When people don't wanna take accountability for stuff and they wanna place blame on something else, or place the blame back on you or try and make you feel like you're crazy and it, you know, this isn't the situation and I, you know, should be able to not have to apologize for this. No, fuck that noise. Take accountability. Big toxic fucking trait. Weaponizing their struggles or their trauma. This is a this is a touchy one. Um, so let me give you an example of that. We'll start with weaponizing their struggles. Let's, for the sake of the story, use Sarah and John. (laughs) Oh, Sarah and John. Um, So Sarah comes in and she's like, yo, John, um, it really hurt my feelings yesterday when we were in that fight and you yelled and then threw a plate across the kitchen and it smashed everywhere. It really scared me and made me feel unsafe. And John looks at her and goes, you know, Sarah, like, I, I get it, but I've been so stressed at work and you don't understand how much pressure I've been under. And, you know, I have to bring home certain amounts of money to provide for this family. And it just like there's so much stress that you add on top of me. So, I mean, I guess I'm sorry. OK, I'm sorry. Um, OK, so that would be weaponizing. <laughs> their struggles um, because what do we know Um, throwing a plate across the room is not excused because you're stressed out at work Um, so now let's take a look at what weaponizing your trauma would look like so John comes in we're not going to make you know John the only bad guy in this Sarah will do some fucked up shit too Um, just to keep it fair you know so John comes in and he's like hey Sarah (laughs) sometimes i like stop while i'm recording these and wonder like what are people thinking about while they're listening to this like i hope you guys laugh okay back to john and sarah (laughs) um so john comes in and he's like hey sarah um the other day when you said to me if you can't get your shit together then maybe we should just get a divorce um it really upset me because I don't think you should ever threaten with divorce. And Sarah looks at him and is like, well, you know, I was cheated on and my husband, my ex-husband previous to you was a big piece of shit. So now I just always have one foot out the door um, and that's the way that I deal with things. So (laughs) Sarah and John are fucking toxic. Sarah and John should break up. (laughs) Um, But you see like, It's it's using any type of trauma in the past. That would be like me looking at Tay in the middle of a fight and being like, yeah, well, my dad died. It's like, yeah, he did. But like, as we all know, and as I preach on this fucking show time and time again, your trauma can be a reason for something, but it's not an excuse or an excuse of your behavior ever. It's just not. (laughs) Don't do it. Go fix your shit. Um, Obviously, there's going to be times where things happen, but then what do we do, everybody? Say it with me now. We take accountability for those motherfucking actions. Okay, moving on. This is the final... Uh, thing to look out for when you're identifying the toxic relationships dismissing your feelings so if you sit down with someone and you're like hey when you did this it made me feel like shit and i really need to discuss it because i'm not feeling fucking fantastic about the whole situation and they're like okay I mean, really, if you need to talk about it, any way that someone dismisses your feelings and doesn't allow you to communicate them and make you feel heard and supported, that's fucking toxic. So now that we have gone through a laundry list of things, and I hope you were all taking notes, if you checked off more than, more than one of those in the, the relationship in question, that's a fucking problem. Um, And furthermore, if you started this episode and you were like, "Mm, I should probably listen to this because my relationship with so-and-so, I wonder if that's toxic. If you had to even ask the question, there's a good chance it is. So let's start with that and then go through your little checklist that I just gave you. And um, yeah, more than two, We, we we got issues to look at. Okay, Gabrielle. um, Thank you so much for giving me the things to look out for and identify. But what do I do if I'm stuck in a toxic relationship and can't really see what is going on or what I should do? What if I have my love goggles on? Or what if I just really don't want to to come to terms with the fact that this is a potentially toxic relationship that I need to extract from my life. I am so glad you asked, FMLers. Let me tell you the trusty old list of facts. Okay. Before you roll your eyes, this shit works. Don't fucking come for me. Just sit down and do it write down a list of facts, like unarguable facts that you could put in front of a fucking jury or at least like a therapist and other couple people. And everybody would be like, yes, that's a fact, not an opinion, not a, oh, I feel this way, like unarguable fucking facts. So you're going to write down that list. And then you're going to take a look at that list. And you're going to be like oh shit there are many things on this list that are facts of this relationship friendship family dynamic whatever there are many things on this list that do not support me as a human that are is not for my highest good that doesn't really associate with love and why the fuck am i allowing this so let me give you some examples of what my past lists would have looked like first we have daniel ah that gem of a man (laughs) so examples my ex-husband before this is before he was you know sleeping with a 19 year old and like talking to a bunch of women and like I had subscriptions to like weird Snapchat porn accounts like before the six month downhill <laughs> decline of my marriage. Um, what were the facts if I would have sat down and written out the facts? He didn't support my career or my dreams. He tried to control me financially by making me give up my career and to allow him to financially take care of me. He had strong opinions. Ooh, opinions. There's that word from the list one of flying red flags. He had strong opinions of the ways that I should dress, i.e. don't wear a sports bra to the gym. You look like a fucking whore. Um, you should make your hair blonder you should work out with this trainer because she builds butts really well like i mean the fucking list goes on but you get the point um always resented me ding 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 there's that keyword again always resented me when i was away working and was wildly jealous keyword ding 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 when i was around other men so <laughs> if i would have had this knowledge and had these uh little keywords that I had you guys write down earlier about how to identify what a toxic fucking relationship is. And then I would have taken my own goddamn advice and sat down and wrote out a list about the facts of my relationship. I would have been like, Oh, gee golly whiz. Gabrielle looks like you're in a toxic fucking relationship. Maybe we shouldn't marry this man. I don't know. I digress. (laughs) Um, Write down the facts guys. Write down the facts. Now let's take a look at another relationship that you all have come to know oh so well from reading both of these books. Um, And this, we're going to do mine and Javier's relationship after Europe. So it wasn't a relationship anymore. It was technically a friendship that also... Spoiler alert, if you haven't read book two, might have involved some sexual encounters. Um, Let's take a look at that list that would have been written if I would have written it down. Fact, he had really strong opinions about my appearance. So telling me that he didn't like me in bold colored lipstick, Um, always making comments and jabs about my weight, whether it be good or bad, wanting me to be with him sexually, but not wanting a commitment. Those are just three, (laughs) three facts. Um, And if you look at those, you're like, oh, that's that doesn't that doesn't seem that healthy. I mean, shit, let's take it back to right before I left on my eat pray fml trip and all of this had just gone down and he was like yo i can't go like you know i'm going by myself whatever all of my friends and family were like this is so fucked up like, this is so not okay. And to every person, I was just defending him. Like, no, you don't understand. It's it's different. Like, you you're not in it. Blah, blah, blah. Fucking, oh my God. I'm like rolling my eyes as I talk about it now. Hindsight's 2020. 20. Um, and you know what? I held on to that that entire trip and was like, no, you guys don't understand what he's dealing with, and da-da-da-da-da. Do you know? <sighs> I swear to God, every time I get on and do one of these, I'm like, I shouldn't be saying this. And then I say it and here we are. Um, Sorry in advance if you're listening to this. Um, I found out months after I came home from Europe that when before he and I had decided that I was going to go to San Vito to meet up with him, he was like, I don't want Gabrielle to come. And I don't know how to tell her. I don't want her to come. Like, I just want to have this trip on my own. Um, (laughs) And it's like, so it makes you look back and be like, Oh, like all of the people that were around me that were seeing clearly that was like, this is so fucked up. This isn't okay. Like that was accurate. Like there, there was no defense needed. That was a fact of the situation like this is a fucked up situation. If you really loved or really cared about someone, like you wouldn't have allowed shit to go down this way. But I have to take responsibility for excusing those facts that were in front of my face. And I have to realize that I I sat there and made excuses and came up with reasons and defended things that shouldn't have been defended. Um and I mean, like, joke's on me. It turns out it was all fucking accurate. Um, So I want to talk about the fact that once you have your list of facts written out, it's now your fucking responsibility to not dismiss them or make excuses for them. And I'm going to give you guys some examples of what those usually sound like. And if you... Resonate with any of these, and you're like, oh shit, that kind of rings true. Um, pay attention to this because that means you are excusing facts. Number one, but they went through hell in their childhood. Ah, uh, didn't we all in some way go through hell in some point of our fucking lives? This goes back to not weaponizing your trauma or using that as an excuse. It can be a reason. It's not an excuse. So what does that look like? Let's take Carly Craig's two-part episode um, that was so fucking shocking. Let's take that as an example. So her ex used an excuse of, oh, I went through a lot of really fucked up shit in my childhood, and this is why I ended up getting this fucking side chick pregnant twice lying to your face and totally gaslighting you into thinking you were mentally insane (laughs) really wraps it up clearly when I say it um is that a reason sure um you went through a lot of fucked up shit in your childhood you didn't deal with it in proper ways or go to therapy or get help or you know uncover it whatever um And so that is a reason that you chose to act out. Sure, it's a reason. It's not an excuse. So if you're the partner in that relationship, if you're Carly, that's not an excuse for any of that fucking behavior. So... Number one is, but they went through hell in their childhood. No, sorry, that doesn't excuse any of the facts that you've written down. Number two, they don't mean it like that. Ooh, that one hits close to home for me. So, so many times when Jackie and I would be hanging out with Javier and he would make those mean little jabs at me, um and you know comments and uh i would be like well he doesn't mean it like that like he's just joking that's how we like you know play with each other it's it's meant with like good intentions Mm, looking back on that a lot of that is not fucking accurate and that was me making an excuse for that behavior even with what now has become the infamous lipstick comment um He made the excuse for his behavior when I was like, yo, this is fucked up. You can't say that to me. Um, And his response was, well, that's not what I meant. You know, it I I just meant that you look better without makeup. Well, then you should have fucking said that. Um, That's that's not what they meant is not a valid excuse. Yeah. But, you know, their relationship with their father, dot, dot, dot. uh, No. Wrong, not an excuse. Um, is it a reason? Maybe. Can it shed light onto some things? Sure. Um, but that's not an excuse for you to be mistreated. If there is a fact in your relationship, if in your in your list that you're listing out from your relationship, and your excuse for that is well, it's because of the relationship with their father. uh Uh-uh. No, no um that means they need to go do some work around that shit not fucking take it out on you why guys because we as humans have a responsibility to heal our traumas so that it doesn't become someone else's traumas let's repeat it we as humans have a responsibility to heal our shit so it doesn't become someone else's shit. <sighs> okay, can you guys tell that I'm getting tired? I'm waiting. Um, also, let's make it a point while we're on this section of the the episode. Um If you're in a relationship and you have written out facts of it and you're like, fuck, this is some screwed up shit. Um, This is exactly what Gabrielle was talking about. Um, But like, maybe I could fix them. I'm Just giving a pause because so many people are like, "Oh shit, that's me. yeah, I'm talking to you bitch <laughs> I'm talking to you, uh, And I can say that because I used to be one of them, one of the people that was like, "Oh, I could fix them. you can't. you cannot. you can't fix them. Why? Because they have to want to fix themselves if you're trying to fix them, even if you do succeed, you'll end up either giving up a piece of yourself or they'll end up resenting you. It, it You cannot force someone to change unless they are ready to. I'm really sorry. I'm about to put my friend on fucking blast right now, but I'm she'll, she'll rename nameless, although I don't think she'd care. But she just went through this horrific heartbreak. Um, and I am proud to say I, I did tell her that there were many red flags walking into it. Um, and I was like, yo, like just FYI, there's some shit to be wary of. And, um, it, it unfortunately ended badly. And I remember having a conversation with her and she was like, okay, but like, what if I can fix him? And I was like, dude, you can't fix him. He has to want to fix himself, like unless he's going to go and do the work and make the changes and start to better himself and wants to do that, like you can't be responsible for doing that. And she was like, OK, but like, you know, Tay used to not be Tay, like who Tay is now. He's always been a great guy. But, you know, I mean, he's been open about how he went through some struggles Um in the past with his addiction and whatnot. And she was like, you know, what if what if I leave and then he gets his shit together and finds his Gabrielle? And I'm like, okay, here's what you're missing. Like, Tay's ex, who I adore, like we're all, you know, cool and friends together. Um, she was never gonna be able to fix him. And she tried to fix him and make him change and give ultimatums um and it didn't work because he wasn't ready to fix himself so he was never gonna be the person he is now with her because he had to change for himself and once he did that and did the work on himself then he was able to have a healthy relationship and, you know, move forward. And I really lucked out because I met him after he had made that commitment to himself and decided on that. So I looked at my friend and I was like, dude, you, you, you know, you can't be like, well, what if I'm, what if he meets his Gabrielle and I left? And it's like, well, if you stay, you're not just going to become the Gabrielle." you have to let him fix himself first. And she was like, oh, fuck, you're right. And I was like, yeah, I know it tends to, tends to be that way not to toot my own horn. <laughs> um, but it's really important that you realize that like you have to let go of control. The only person that you can control in any situation is yourself. And if you have a list of facts, unarguable facts in front of you, and you know that they're not serving you and that's not what's that's like a toxic element in your life and you deserve more than that you have to let go of control and let the fuck go you can't keep grasping onto straws trying to fix and change them they're not gonna fucking fix and change unless they want to but you know what guys i can preach at you till the fucking cows come home The bottom line is if you are trying to escape a toxic relationship, you're never going to leave or make the change until you decide to do that and you commit to doing that. Whether it's a friendship or a family member or a relationship, until you decide this is toxic, I don't want this, I deserve more, I'm ready to leave – nothing anybody can tell you is going to, there are my dogs, guys, and I'm pretty sure you heard Charles just like walking around earlier, and you know what? I'm not gonna fucking cut it out. I'm just not gonna do it because this is the finale, and you guys asked for an uncut episode like the last one, so here the fuck we are. Until you decide to choose you and demand what you're worth, no one else is gonna be able to convince you to do that. I can try. I can try my fucking damnedest. But until you're like, all right, I'm ready, no mas, that's really what it's going to take. So let's touch on toxic friendships because that's a big one. And I don't think a lot of people talk about that. And a lot of the things we've covered in this episode, obviously, you know, it's all under one umbrella. So you can apply a lot of that to toxic friendships. Definitely the first. Um, list of warning signs to be wary of that we read. That definitely applies to toxic friendships. Um, But a lot of times people, you know, DM me or in the Facebook group will be like, well, what if it's a friend or what if it's a family member? What if it's someone I can't cut out? (laughs) Okay, are you ready? Turn your volume up a little bit. You can cut anyone you choose to out of your life. One more time. You can cut anybody you want to out of your fucking life. It's your life. Is it going to suck? Maybe. Is it going to hurt? Yeah, sure. Is it going to be difficult at first? Probably. But you can So it's not a, what if I can't cut someone out of my life? It's what if I'm choosing not to cut someone out of my life, which is super fucking valid, by the way. I'm not saying it would be super easy to cut your toxic mother out of your life or to cut your toxic ex that you have to co-parent with out of your life. But it is possible and there are ways. Regardless, we're gonna dive into more of like the middle ground of if it's like, you know, your toxic ex that you're co-parenting with, or someone that's in your family that you're like not really ready to full-on cut out, what do you do with that toxic person? Say it with me now. We set boundaries. And when I say set, I don't mean just state the fact that, hey, this is a boundary. FYI, I just wanted to let you know it was here. You also have to enforce it. Because if you set a boundary and it's not enforced, and you don't follow through with a fucking consequence, what's that toxic person gonna do? Be like, oh, here's this like squiggly little line in the in the ground. Let me just hop right the fuck over that because nothing happens. Nothing happens if I you know keep pushing the button. So I might as well keep fucking pushing it. You have to a set a clear boundary. B, hold true to that boundary and C, follow the fuck through with a consequence. If you are in a relationship and you're like, hey, um, lying is a really hard line for me. Like, that's a fucking boundary. Um, And your partner lies to you and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to let it slide this time. But next time, if you lie to me, I'm leaving. And then they lie again and you're like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to excuse it because of this and this and this or your childhood drama. Um, But next time, if you lie to me, why the fuck are they going to stop lying? They've gotten away with it twice now. Why would they need to do anything different? You have to enforce the boundaries that you're setting I've talked about this before um, with friends that I've had in the past. Um, I'm really ruthless with cutting people out of my life. Um, And I don't mean that in, I don't know, a negative way. (laughs) However, people would take that negatively. Um, But like you have to protect your peace. Um, Lying is a huge fucking boundary for me. And recently, I had a very, very good friend of mine lie. Um, Did I see the reasoning behind it? Yes. Um, Did I understand where the lie was coming from? Yes. Was it still a lie? And did that person know that lying is a massive fucking boundary for me? Yes. So when we sat down to discuss it, I was like, look, this is a boundary. You've crossed it. I have cut people out of my life for a lot less, um, and I love you, so I want to try and figure out a way to fix this, but if this happens again, I am gone, and I had to be very, very clear with that, and that was only because it was such a good friend of mine that I wasn't ready to like fully sever that. But I have been friends with people in the past growing up for years. We've been like inseparable and they've crossed boundaries with me and they're not in my life anymore. I don't wish them any ill will if they like randomly reach out to me on social media. I'll say hi, Um, but they're not a part of my life anymore because you have to protect your peace. You have to if you're setting a boundary, it's for a reason and you need to A, enforce it and B, follow through if someone crosses that especially with family members which i know gets very tricky but if you go back and listen to um the episode that maria breeze came on and did where she talked about the fact that her father's a narcissist the only way she's able to have him in her life is to set very very clear boundaries communicate them very well so everybody knows like this is a rule for you to be in my life and then enforce that you know so if if it's crossed like there's consequences for that and vice versa you know like if if you're not respecting boundaries i would hope that people would uphold you to that as well it's it's a respect factor it goes back let's bring it around everybody it goes back to our initial red flag you know warning signs of respect Respect the person that you're dealing with in the relationship. And I know a lot of people, especially as we get older and our friend circles kind of get smaller, some people I think feel scared around that or feel fear around that. And I'm here to assure you that I have a lot of acquaintances um, and people that I consider, you know. Friends, um, but my friends, notice I didn't pick a different word for that, it was just like an inflection of how I say it. My friends, um, are few and far between. My inner circle is very small, um, because you have to be able to protect your peace and, quite honestly, fostering relationships like, really fostering relationships, um, with juggling your schedule and your work and everybody's like, you know, busy and shit. That it takes a lot of effort. Um so it it's okay to not have a huge circle. Um and it's better to have a smaller circle and have all of those people really fucking have your back than to be scared to cut out a toxic per- person from your circle and be like, oh, well, I want to keep them in because I only have five friends. Fuck that. Ride with four friends. Four friends is way better. It's a more even number anyways. Um, don't be scared to, to make your circle shrink because you're protecting yourself. Lastly, for this topic of this episode, I want to point out and bring up... Um, The fact that whenever we are consistently attracting people into our lives, we are usually having something mirrored to us. So what does that mean, Gabrielle? Let me tell you. That means if you're consistently attracting toxic people into your life, there is a pattern that you need to look at. So what in you is attracting these toxic people? Question mark. I'm not going to give you an answer. I'm just saying this is something you need to look at because we always want to pay attention to patterns. And furthermore, this this is unrelated. This doesn't mean that the first one equals this. But like are you a toxic person? Do you have toxic traits? Go back to that list and look at yourself and be like, "Do I do any of these things in relationships?" And if the answer is yes, like start to sit down and like look at what the fuck's going on because that's a big thing to realize about yourself because a lot of times it's subconscious and you don't even realize that it's happening so scoot on back to your notes and refer to that list and um see if you are needing to take responsibility for any toxic behaviors in relationships Woo, you guys i like don't even remember what the fuck we talked about i feel like i've been talking for let's look at the time oh hey 45 minutes look at that that's probably why so I'm going to shut the fuck up, and we are going to jump into some of your FML stories. Here is number one.
1: Hi, Gabrielle. My name is Jessica, and I'm from Oklahoma, and I have a fuck my life story. Back in November of 2021, my ex-boyfriend now kicked me out of the house, out of the blue, called me a cunt or bitch, and... I was only able to take what I could grab, so I barely grabbed any clothes, I had to grab my animals, he would not let me take my daughter, I had no phone to call my parents, so I had to go to their house at 2 o'clock in the morning, crying, without my daughter, and now we're in a custody battle, but... Looking back on it, I'm glad it happened because I was already making my exit out of the relationship. He just sped up the process, but I'll never forget him calling me those names.
2: Oh my God, girl, that's fucking terrifying. And it's in those moments where you hear those names in that heightened situation where it like gets imprinted in your soul. And now those become triggers to where if you ever hear, that name said to you again, it's going to immediately spark something within you. So something to be aware of. Um, but it's always interesting to hear when people go through stuff like that. And they're like, you know, looking back on it, I was trying to make my exit anyways. So it was almost like the universe was like, well, let's just give her a little push. Um I hope that the custody battle turns out in your favor, and I am so, so sorry that you had to go through something like that. Here is story number two.
0: Hey, Gabrielle, my name is Michelle, and here's my FML story. I met my ex-husband when I was 21 years old, coming off a great collegiate swim season and looking to get into something else athletically. He was the owner of the gym I started going to, then became my coach. Fast forward to 2016, we had been dating for four years, and we got married. A year after that, I was at the peak of my athletic career, And he actually said to me that he wanted to start a family. I was hoping to compete with my team for one more year and give it one more shot, but ended up cutting that season short to start trying for that family that he wanted. A whole year goes by of failed attempts, and I was now going to a fertility specialist, getting injections and hormones into my body multiple times a week, getting poked and prodded, doing these injections by myself, driving an hour each way before work, all while he stayed at home because he said that he needs to be at work on time and could not give up going to work to come with me to these appointments. Continued to not be able to get pregnant. I was feeling like it was totally my fault, feeling like a failure and feeling very depressed. All around me, our friends were getting pregnant And it got to the point where seeing another pregnancy announcement, I was in our room hysterically crying. He opened the door and asked what was happening. I told him what was making me upset. And I vividly remember him looking at me, rolling his eyes and telling me to just get over it already. That should have been my sign, but I still kept trying. Between the exhaustion and the hormones and the depression, I was often falling asleep on the couch. While I was doing so, he was going behind my back and sexting and sending nudes to multiple women, probably about five or six, I think, that I know of. These women were women who were at my wedding, who I trained with at the gym and who I often invited into my home. Two of these women were also a mother and a daughter, and neither one knew that the other one was also sending nudes to this winner of a man. One of these women also almost bought the house down the road from us to try to be closer to him. Still had no idea what was going on. Went through a whole nother year of this happening behind my back. He came home one day, told me he was unhappy. I did everything I could to save this marriage. He blamed it on me, told me everything that I was doing wrong, and I was desperately changing everything about myself to save it. Nothing I could do was good enough. He would... Leave me, not tell me if or when he was coming back. Um, and I would beg him to come back. And this happened for about four times. And finally, I got the courage to put an end to it. I told him I was done. I did not deserve to be treated like this. And he moved right out of my house and into the house of one of the uh, sexting nudes. And I decided to get out of that whole situation because it surrounded every area of my life. I sold my house, I moved hundreds of miles away and I restarted. I now am in a brand new career, which I absolutely love. And I'm living in a place that I love and my confidence has grown tenfold and I am back into my athletics and competing and doing everything that I love. So thanks for listening to my story. I absolutely look forward to your podcast every week. And I am working through finishing your second book right now. Thanks, Gabrielle. Oh my god, I fucking love this so much. I was like waiting for the whole story. I was like,
2: please have a happy ending. Please have a happy ending. When I tell you my jaw dropped when she said one of them was a mother-daughter pair and neither of them knew they were sending nudes. Holy fucking shit, dude. That's like out of a Lifetime movie. Oh my God. Again, I when I say everything happens for a reason, like I know how heartbreaking that must have been to struggle getting pregnant, but thank the fucking God that you didn't. Oh my God, I am so glad that you are not now co-parenting with that fucking horrible human. Jesus, girl, oh my God, I'm sending you so much love, hell yes, for moving, kicking ass, and getting back into your shit. I am so happy to hear it. All right, my FMLers, the time has come. We have officially fucking concluded season three. That is absolutely mind-blowing to me. Um, We are taking a two-week hiatus. There will be one surprise bonus episode dropping, um, but we are going to be off for two weeks while we prep for season four. If you guys are like, oh my God, I can't not have some FML talk in my life, never fear. You can sign up for all the mini bonus episodes. There are four full seasons of them the fourth one that just completed which is fml's guide to fucking healing is gold like it's so good um so if you want more extra content you can go more extra content i'm fucking tired you need to put me to bed y'all if you want extra content you can go to patreon.com slash fml talk you get access to all four of those seasons 12 episodes in each season you also get access to the private facebook group where everybody is like making lifelong friends with each other's like it's just fucking phenomenal what happens in that facebook group on the daily um and you also get 10 percent off all of your merch whenever you choose to shop As always, make sure you guys are subscribed so you never miss an episode. If you have been loving FML Talk Podcast, please leave us a star rating and review on whatever platform you are listening on. It helps us so, so much. I cannot wait for you guys to see what is coming in season four. Make sure you are following us on Instagram at FML Talk Podcast for all our giveaways and behind the scenes. I love you so fucking much and I will see you guys in a few weeks.
1: So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman.
2: This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.